0: Welcome back to the Locker Room Podcast, a new podcast hosted by the Sports Business Society at the University of Maryland. I'm Marco Medugno, and today I'm joined by Austin Eastman, founder of Odyssey Sports Group. His agency represents a bunch of professional basketball players, a few NBA guys as well. Austin, thanks for coming on. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. I appreciate you uh,
0: uh, having me. Sweet. So, um, starting off, can you just go into your background a little bit from playing college basketball at Utah up to starting your own company?
1: Yeah, so, um, kind of the sports agency business—it's really hard to to get into and get involved with. So, luckily, I had the the background of playing college basketball, and when I say playing, I mean sitting on the bench. Um, But uh, one of my one of my former coaches uh, who was then coaching at a different college and I was still close and he called me up and we were talking about kind of what I wanted to do afterwards and told him about my dream to become a sports agent. And uh, he kind of said, hey, listen, like I played professionally for 15 years. I I was with one of the biggest sports agencies. Let me connect you with the owner. So um, he connected me with the president, the vice president. And uh, we started talking and we had a game in New York and I met up with the, the agent there Uh, because they're based in New York and just kind of started building my relationship through my senior year and ended up getting an internship with them. They kind of wanted one of the players uh, from my team that was coming out and he went with a different agency, but they kept me on as an intern and uh, worked with them for an intern that summer and then got a role as a pre-draft coordinator uh, for the next season and handled that. And once I finished there, it was kind of just time for me with the, the connections I had to start my own agency. So, um, went off on my own and, and, kind of took a shot in the dark. Mm -hmm.
0: So what was the thing that motivated you to start your own agency? And once you got into the industry, how hard was it to start getting respect as an agent, as a new agent?
1: So I think the things that motivated me the most, obviously my brother, he was a big part. He, he was in my ear constantly, you know, start your own agency, start your own agency. Um, and then I had a teammate, uh, who was going through the draft process and, uh, um, he actually was kind of the one who said, like, hey, listen, man, like, start your own agency, and uh, when the time's right, I'll come over to you, you know, and so um, I decided to start my own agency. It was kind of just as simple as that, you know, I felt like I had enough connections, and um, if your people believe in you, that's what you got to do. So uh, just I jumped in head first.
0: So, like you said, you were a former college basketball player. I was just wondering how that experience um, helps you relate to players compared to maybe an agent who hasn't played any ball, or even if they did, maybe it was a long time ago. You
1: know, I, th- I think that I'm not sure if it's as much as me playing college basketball as it is just my passion for basketball. Obviously, for 23 years, basketball was the only thing I thought about going to bed and waking up, you know, and so I still have that passion. I watch basketball constantly, all day, every day. Anything that happens in the basketball world, I'm I'm on top of it. You know, and so I think just having the knowledge of the game and and being able to sit down with the player and instead of saying, hey, listen, like this is the business of things, you know, I can simply say like these are the things you do really well. These are the things you don't do well. You know, when you come off a pick and roll on the left side of the court, you always try to finish with your right hand. You try to get back to, you know. And so having the knowledge and being able to talk to the players, not only the players, but the the GMs and the scouts and things of that nature to really push my players, you know, I think that's very beneficial. I can, I can go to a scout and say, Hey, listen, um, this kid isn't being recognized, uh, but go watch him. And um, I have a relationship with the scouts and they know that I know basketball well enough to, you know, hear me out and go watch a kid. And um, it, it helps these kids get a little bit more notice, but, as far as, you know, my relationship with the players, I think, you know, we're hoopers. So everyone, you know, the hoopers just stick together. So everyone has that relationship. We can sit down and argue about basketball for five hours. You know, With my client who's living with me um, will argue about, you know, Kobe and LeBron and, you know, that whole argument every day, like I'm a big Kobe fan, so I'm going to support him to the death, you know? And so we have that argument and it's just every day and it's something that it's not work, it's, it's, it's enjoyment, and, and I think that comes down to the whole business. It's like, this isn't work for me. This is this is my passion, and it's something I love love doing, so it's just perfect.
0: Yeah, it must be nice to still have an agent that's young enough to play one-on-one with still, right?
1: <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I'm not going to win anyone, but I'll compete. I'll, I'll get a couple of buckets in.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's better if I can play five-on-five five and kind of disappear to the corner, let them do their things, shoot a couple of shots. That That's where I'm good at.
0: So you've negotiated contracts with clients both in the NBA and also overseas. So what's the differences between the two and also which ones do you prefer?
1: Uh, so the differences really you know, the overseas and uh, domestic market, you know, domestic market, I include NBA and G League. It's a very standardized contract. Um, and there's different like perks you can add to the contract, different, all those kinds of things, you know, uh, different addendum things of that nature but for the general purpose every contract the same and the nba does a great job of standardizing the contract the nbpa does a great job of helping you walk through everything making sure everything's set up whereas overseas like you you could get anything in that contract you know it might on page seven of a 15 page contract they might throw in something where it says hey listen this guy has to be a daily shopper for our president. And he's going to, he's going to have to, if you sign that contract, he's going to have to shop for the president of the company, you know? And so it's things like that, that you just have to really be careful. And um, FIBA does a good job of regulating things, but they don't do a great job. And, and so there's a lot of different, different small things within contracts and misnomers that you'll see. And you're like, well, how would anyone ever allow this to get into a contract, you know? And so really, I think that the NBA to overseas aspect is, you know, like, you have to be really good at your job to do overseas. Um, and, and I've mentioned that a few times and everyone thinks that the best agent is the agent that has the best players, you know, three all-stars and two superstars, whatever it may be. But really, the best agent is a play, uh, uh, a agent that gets their players more than they deserve. You know, and normally that's in overseas, but also that knows the market, you know, and, and it's hard to know the market in Europe.
0: So. so bouncing off the thing you said about the strange clauses in contracts is the weirdest thing that a team has tried to put in one of your clients' contracts. Um, they they stand out?
1: I think it was, and it was just weird how they phrased it, but basically one of my players, they wanted him to also be basically a coach for, for in Europe they have a bunch of levels, right? So like the professional team, and then they have the second professional team, the third professional team, and then they have the high school team, and they're all under one umbrella, right? So they wanted my player from the top team to coach like the eighth grade girls basketball team, you know? And uh, so they put that in the contract, but then they put a lot of things in the contract of like his behavior because he was coaching girls and. And so when I started reading, I was like, a professional basketball player shouldn't have these things in his contract. And I realized what they were doing because he was coaching girls. But uh, that was probably definitely the weirdest thing I've seen where I was like, well, this isn't right. But, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't think LeBron has that in his contract. You have <laughs> nope. to the local girls basketball team. No.
1: Nope.
0: <laughs> um, so do the different leagues, are they drastically different as far as their rules or are all like the European leagues kind of similar?
1: So yes and no. Like, like I said, FIBA is like the Federal International Basketball Association. They cover everything. So they're over everything and uh, they're like, they kind of standardize everything. But at the same time, every league has their own different rules. Some leagues you'll, you know, you practice three times a day. Uh, Other leagues, you know, you travel by bus. Other leagues, you fly everywhere, you know. Um, and there's levels to it. So, obviously, the Euro League, you're going to be treated as close to an NBA player as possible. But the, it goes down from there. But, you know, uh, for example, a couple of years ago, uh, they were it was a team in Russia, um, and they were playing in Russia. And I think they weren't in Russia. I think they were in, like, France or something or Spain. But they were in Russia playing, and they lost. They got their ass kicked, right? And after the game, the coach, I think he was Serbian – Basically told them like, hey, listen, like you guys aren't getting on this flight. I got a bus for you. We'll see you when you get home. And so they had to take like a 18 or 20 hour bus ride home after the game because they lost. Um, and that would just like, there's no way that that would be allowed in the NBA. But in Europe, they can kind of do what they want. Uh, another thing that's very different in the leagues is how they pay you. Um, It's not guaranteed that you're going to get paid, and it doesn't matter if you're in the top league in Europe, if you're in the Euro League or in one of the bottom leagues, like if the team decides they don't want to pay you, basically you got to go to court with them. And, and so there's a lot of arbitration going on in Europe. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things that you'll see is just the it, – it's a lot shadier. <laughs>
0: it's a lot shadier of a business. Sorry, are you are you watching those overseas games? Do you have a way of watching them when you have clients there?
1: Yeah, so a lot of the leagues are actually streamed online or you have to pay for, like, a uh, um, membership to, like, watch. But, yeah, a lot of streams online. And then also uh, there's a thing called Synergy. Um, and basically it's just a video recording site, but they record video for high school games, college, NBA, G League, overseas markets. So after the game's done within, like, a day or something, you could just hop on there and watch the game. So a lot of the times if I'm not watching it live, which a lot of times I'm not, then I'm watching it just, like, the day after and, you have to stay up to date and know what your players are doing and make sure that you're watching their games and so you can talk to other teams about them but also so you can talk to them and make sure that they know that you care and that you're you're putting the time in to watch them
0: so when you watch like the nba draft and you see these international guys getting drafted do you ever uh remember them when they were like 15 16 when you knew them before anybody else did
1: yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll use Luka Doncic as an example. You know, I think like his final year before he came to the league, there was a lot of hype about him. And so people were starting to get recognized. But when he was like 13 or 14, I was watching YouTube clips of him. And like, he was one of my favorite players. One of my teammates in college, he was from Germany. So he knew the Euro basketball game. And uh, so like, he started watching these YouTube highlights. And this kid's going between his legs backwards in a pick and roll throwing it up top of the glass. And I'm like, man, this kid is my favorite kid. Like, he's not athletic, but he's just doing everything. He's amazing. So I was watching him for a long time. I I always knew how good he was. But, uh, yeah, there's quite a few players that you'll see that you know. And you're like, oh, wow. Like, I remember him. I was watching him play with one of my clients here, or whatever it may be.
0: So so who's a 13-, 14-year-old right now that we're going to know in eight years is the next Luka Doncic? I mean, I don't know if he's –
1: I would say the guy that you're going to recognize the most is Victor uh, Anywabu or whatever it is, Um, the seven-foot-three kid. Uh, So I've been watching him since he was 13. Um, And that's a guy that I kind of think he will be – I don't think he's going to be like the next Luka Doncic, but he's going to be a very big name in
0: the NBA. How many years out is he now?
1: Uh, He's two or three. I think they're going to have to do three with the way his age is. Um, it, it sucks with international because like if your birthday is one day past like the cutoff day, you have to wait a whole another year. So.
0: So when players are leaving college, what's your biggest selling point to them? What's the advantage of signing with you rather than any other agent, especially maybe ones that have been doing it longer or might be more established in the industry?
1: Yep. Um, so this, this is kind of like the uh, million dollar question. Uh, that that we as an agency had to kind of decide like what is going to be our value add and what are we going to really provide to these guys? And so I've kind of take, taken the approach and like this is no disrespect to other agents, but I just think the agency business is a little bit played out and a little bit old. You know, at the end of the day, there's been no innovation towards it. There's been nothing like that. And since the beginning of the agency business, right? So instead of us focusing on, hey, we're going to, we're going to get you the most money on the court, blah, 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 all this stuff, or us going to a player and saying, Hey, listen, man, you got great marketability. We're going to get you a shoe deal. We're going to get you this. Anyone can get you that. And like for anyone that thinks they can't, you know, you can't, you've never been in this business, but if someone gave you LeBron James, for example, and said, and this is not to disrespect Rich Paul, because I think he's doing a great job, but if they gave you LeBron James, you'd be able to get him a max contract and a shoe deal. Right. Right. And so it's, what can you, what other things can you do? What other values can you provide? And I think for us, we decided, you know, we're going to work on building businesses around these players. Uh, At the end of the day, you look at any of those top first round picks yesterday. uh, I'll give James, uh, James, what's his name? James Wiseman. We'll use him as an example, right? So he's going to Silicon Valley. Um, His contract's going to be like 35 or $37 million for the next four years a lot of money, as it stands today, he's already a business, he's going to provide jobs for a lot of people, you know, his agent, his manager, uh, his nutritionist, his chef, his lifting coach, his trainer, so he's providing uh, jobs for all these guys, so he's a business, and you can consider that, it's a startup maybe, but yeah, it's a business, and now he's going to Silicon Valley, and, and we're looking at him and saying, okay, now, how can he provide value to really add to his business in this? Silicon Valley, you got all these startups, you have you have different marketing opportunities that you may not have in a different market. But for us, we really look at it as, okay, instead of us going out and giving him another $100,000 in marketing, which is probably just going to be taxed 50%, you know, and uh, so now it's only $50,000. Instead of doing that, let's give him equity. So when he stops making money, they and, and this money can start working for him, and he'll get taxed on that later on. So that's kind of what we're looking at deferring tax and, and building up equity in companies and brands that will help them when their basketball career is over. They only bounce, the ball only bounces for so long. So that's our kind of value add is, you know, we're going to help you build a business.
0: Cool. So now we're going to do a segment called the Maryland Minute where we ask some fun rapid-fire questions. You ready?
1: Right. Uh, I'm not ready, and this is probably not going to go well, but let's see what we got.
0: All right. You could rep any NBA player. Who would it be?
1: say that one more time?
0: If you could rep any NBA player, who would it be?
1: Um, I would probably say Lonnie Walker.
0: <laughs> okay, can you, can you elaborate? It doesn't have to be rapid fire. Yeah, just yeah.
1: Oh, okay, okay, cool. Sorry. Uh, Lonnie Walker, I just love his, I think he's going to really take off this year. Um, he's going to really blow up. Uh, so, he's just a great player and he's great personality, great off the court. Uh, kind of just everything that I like in a player he's got. Um, But, yeah, I think he's going to be a superstar.
0: Yeah, I like that answer because I think most guys would probably say LeBron or one of the superstars. But you went with someone who's who's not, like, a face of basketball yet. So, good. Um, Best player you've ever played against? Ever
1: played against. Um, And that's tough. I would have to say – hmm, hmm, hmm. DeLon Wright probably I mean just because I, I he was in practice every day you know we played against other NBA players but I mean he he kicked my ass for two years I, not once did I stop him
0: uh best player I mean what who was your first client and how did you land it
1: so my first client was Dallin Baczynski um and uh he was a former teammate of mine uh Actually, while I was trying to get on the team, he brought me in. I was sleeping on my friend's couch, and he gave me a room in his apartment, uh, took me to the gym every day. So he was my first client. Um, and I basically landed him just off relationship. I, I told him what I was doing, and he kind of said, hey, listen, man, like I want you to represent me. And, uh, you know, we've been close ever since. He's now retired and started a career. He has two kids. Um, the uncle to his kids. It's, it was pretty great. It's pretty awesome to start with him.
0: And lastly, what's just one piece of advice you'd give to college students who might want to become an agent one day? Uh,
1: my advice would be to, to not focus so much on the school aspect of, of life, uh, but focus on while you're there making connections and, and, and learning. Um, I, I think who other Ralph Waldo Emerson or something said, never let, uh, Uh, education get in the way of your learning Um, and I I think that's true like I didn't really learn that much in school that translated to me becoming an agent and I, I think that for you guys like looking into this business man it's about connections it's about who you know so instead of spending all day studying you know start connecting to people get on Twitter NBA Twitter is huge but everyone will respond to you you know you you know get on LinkedIn start reaching out to people and it doesn't matter if you can't provide value now but start figuring out ways that you can provide value to someone. So when you do talk to them and they say, Hey, listen, this is what I'm doing. You can say, Hey man, maybe I can connect you with this person or Hey, I can maybe do this for you. And um, constantly trying to be a value add in every, every relationship you have, I think is very important. And that's something that I would start with is just how today can I add value to someone? And, and sooner or later, when you start doing that, people are going to be like, Hey man, I need to help this kid out. I need to help this kid out. Um, and, and I learned that from uh, a kid who was, He's six years older than me, but he's running one of the companies that I'm invested in now, um, and he, he's an absolute stud. But every time we got on the phone, the first ten times I talked to him, he was always like, "Hey, man, listen, what can I do for you?" And by the end of it, I, I was giving him money to invest into his company, you know. So like, he he gained a value out of me, but he gave me a lot of value as well.
0: That's all I got. Um, Don't forget to subscribe to the Locker Room Podcast and follow the Sports Business Society on Instagram at SPS underscore UMD. Austin, thanks a lot for coming on, and um, good luck to you going forward.
1: Of course. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me.